it's like a really, it's like a halcyon, nostalgic, like warm feeling, yet it's almost like a little bit bittersweet. Like that's what the music kind of evokes in me. Does it sound like I wrote that in notes? Because I did not. I made that shit up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Summit Podcast. I am your host, Mac, and with me, I got Sam, who happens to be on at least his 13th heart attack this week. Uh, Mac, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. And then I got Nick the Fart Knocker Stoner, who was recently scalded by the cheese of a flaming hot nacho. Oh, let me tell you, it's hot cheese. That is about, some about, hot about how cheese. hot is that nacho cheese there? That is some hot cheese. It's hotter than the, the bears when they're on a wind streak, eh? Well, they're a little cold here recently, aren't they? Yeah, but that Jordan Howard, quite the running back. Jordan <laughs> Howard. <laughs> he Mate. is the running back right I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Me Ditka Okay, this is not a fucking football cast, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Welcome to ESPN 8, The Ocho. <laughs> the, 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 Welcome the, to the Fantasy the Football, football Show. Yeah, because that'd that be a pretty totally fun work. podcast for a minute. <laughs> but the Venn diagram is pretty small, though. Weeaboos plus football fans, right? I mean, we would be, we would be, you know, kind of like reaching out to the niche, you know, the fringes, the niche, the niche, the niche, the niche. The Nietzsche. Have you guys ever the, heard of the Nietzsche? Nietzsche? Do you even read him? Jeez. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to Anime Summit Podcast, guys, and where we're ultra fucking pretentious. Later in the show, and we like to put on fake accents occasionally. Later in the show, yeah, mine kind of went Canadian. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you started putting the A's in there. Hey, <laughs> later in the show, we're going to talk about Studio Ghibli. Nick had this great idea to do a series on Studio Ghibli films. Obviously, we can't cover all of them in one cast, okay? So we're going to do these three films at a time in order of release. And, we're gonna uh, do them like in little bits. Like we're gonna bit give our give bit. our thoughts on that. But first off, let's talk about some news. All news. right, Sam. <laughs> first on the news docket. News. <laughs> start talking like that whenever I do. And news. now, and now for Anime Summit news, we have Nick Stoner. <laughs> yeah, anchor. All right, the Crunchyroll 2016 Anime Awards have completed, and the fans are salty. <laughs> Yuri on Ice swept, whether it deserved it or not. <laughs> if you'd like a real list, please check out my shitty anime list blog, where I have Bakuan at number six. <laughs> it's true. I actually do have Bakuan as my Wait, so why were people salty? I don't get it. Just because the nominees for the anime awards on Crunchyroll were questionable and, like, the way they had voting and like judges was like people weren't entirely happy with how it worked. You can read all about it on other sites like Reddit and whatnot. I don't want to get too into it. Basically, like the JoJo villain didn't win, and like Yuri and Ice won way too many fucking awards when it shouldn't have won them. And yeah, that's mostly it. But really, it sounds so, like uh, some homophobia. So we got some breaking news. Actually, this just in: people people are literally able to feel the gravitational shifts in the Earth. Because Quokka, a.k.a. Kamchartica, has produced so many metric tons of salt. Because in this corner of the world was named the best Japanese movie of 2016 instead of Kimi no Nawa. 
and boy, let me tell you, Nick and Sam, I'd hate to be there. I really would. I can, I can just, I can just imagine the ranting and the raving, and the nonsensical arguments that dwell on things that don't. Yeah, really I just matter. imagine Quoka climbing over the wall like a titan now. Fucking <laughs> 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 kick down the wall in Japan. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> but so, uh, so yeah, it was named the 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 best. You know, Japanese movie of 2016, like the best out. movie period. Not just not just animated movie, but the best period. And that hasn't yeah, happened no since. Uh, Take that. My neighbor Totoro in 1988, which is also Ooh, which we're talking enough, about later. Part of this episode. Woo! All right, so moving on with the news. Yeah, we got uh, one more quick one. Sam, you want to talk about a? You want to highlight one of Ghibli's TV series? Oh yeah, just really quick. I just thought this was cool. It's kind of relevant, I guess. It was announced a while ago, but now it's like releasing everywhere uh, soon. Is uh, Studio Ghibli's new TV series, uh, Ranja the Dobber, or Ranja the Robber's Daughter? It's coming to the West for the first time this year, thanks to Amazon Prime. Twenty-six episode series. Uh, it's like I think it's three D animated though. That's kind of what bugs me about it. But so in other words, it's called Ganja the Pipe Smoker's Daughter. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> so yeah. So speaking of Amazon Prime, Sam, Amazon launched recently an anime subscription channel, and some people are salty because it it used to be if you had Prime, you'd have access to all these things, including anime, and now you got to pay an extra. I think it's four ninety nine a month, give or take, to access the anime content they have, which is like they have some weird selection, but. It's not as big as Crunchyroll, obviously. But I agree that um, is dumb, though. Like, hey, yeah, that seems like that, a little bit is, too much that extra is a to pay. Stupid. Not Unless their lie. library is like massive, then it could be worth it. But I don't think they have that big of a library yet. So maybe they're just like rolling it out and seeing how it works, testing it out. No one's gonna pay but, that extra. They're already paying seventy some dollars for Prime a year. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, it's like a hundred bucks a year, give or take, for that. Um, for Prime, but um. I think it's it, overall it'll be good in the long run. In the short term, out it's probably overpriced. Right. Yeah, and, I don't know. You know, speaking of streaming services, um, Netflix is apparently hiring a director to be specifically in charge of the anime they stream. Oh yeah, that's How right. How does that yeah, make dude. you feel? How does that make you feel? That's that pretty awesome. Their, uh, does that give you? I put in feelings? my put in my application does, as does, Supreme Weebu. Does that uh? Does that mean that we might be getting Spice and Wolf season three? Oh my god! EBK Euphonium I mean, season one, three. That's one way that it could work if Netflix <laughs> just throws money at them. <laughs> <laughs> just literally starts throwing cash at these production studios. I like, mean, Merch. it makes the it makes the pay the 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 subscription fee uh, like when they upped it, you know, to like nine bucks or whatever, makes it a little more worth it that they're trying. You know, they're trying to do stuff like that and bring more content. Which, which legitimately is pretty awesome, like, yeah. not even going to lie. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's a whole other story about them raising it because of ISPs and shit throttling them. But anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the, the whole other ISP that's, overlords. That's, that's, a bunch of, that's a bunch of technical tomfoolery we don't need to get into. Yeah, yeah And yeah. also, I don't fully understand it, but I do know that Comcast <laughs> is evil. You just, you just see numbers. Before we get to, uh, like, the main topic, best girl for this week. Sheeta. Sheeta? Sheeta? We going with Sheeta? More like Shitta, dude. <laughs> no, I I'm just kidding. She's actually pretty Shida. good girl, dude. <laughs> Princess Sheeta from Castle in the Sky. I'm all about, <laughs> I'm all about it. Sky. And we we should uh, we'll talk about her 
Actually, Sam, you go ahead. Why do you think... Why would you pick her out of all the girls in the three movies we have? Well, because she's the oldest. <laughs> no, dude. You Wait, how do you know she's Dola. older than... Uh... You could have picked Dola. Oh, yeah, Dola. <laughs> yeah, the old lady. <laughs> actually, Dola. Yeah, I picked Dola. Sorry. There's a couple old ladies, actually. I so would marry Dola. Them. Dola's awesome. Nope, Dola. She's a freaking granny who leads the Dola gang, which is a pirate gang. Get out of here. She has, like, parachute pants or whatever they are. Hell, yeah. She has, she has some kind of pants. She's got their, their pirate pants. Where she's pirate a badass. Pants. Castle in the Sky, Dola, and the Dola gang. Do it. Best girl, Dola. Best girl. So, and uh, before we start into the Castle in the Sky, we should briefly mention what is Studio Ghibli. It's technically pronounced Ghibli, but everyone calls it something different. It's from the, it's from the Italian word Ghibli. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, then. Um, man, Studio Ghibli is an animation film studio, and it's in Koganai, Tokyo, Japan. And it's best known for the anime feature films it produces. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle. It's, it's, it's a very... Very awesome studio, uh, and it was founded by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, I believe. Yep, Hayao Miyazaki, Isao Takahata, Toshio Suzuki, and uh, Yasuyoshi Tokuma. And uh, after they had already done a couple animated features together, I th- I believe they opened the studio to keep producing uh, more films. Uh, a lot of these films are really great. They've gotten nominated for Golden Globes. Uh, Disney produces all of Hayao Miyazaki's films in English. You know, like, it's Disney, okay? Like, they, they fucks with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. uh, anyway, there's really, really not a lot I can say. They just are a great animation well, studio. and Yeah, they're... So I'm reading here. There's a list somebody made on... Uh, it's called AnimationCareerReview.com. A guy made a list of the top 100 most influential animation studios of all time. Oh, definitely, yeah. And Studio Ghibli is number 10 on that list, which is insane. Right. That's really high. Um, Wait, out of how many? Actually, out of, well, he just named the top 100. Oh, okay. There's more than that, but, like, <clears throat> this is all time. And, you know, the, the I think the highest up, Madhouse is number 8, and then you have, uh, actually, Nippon production, or animation is number 4. But then, like, number 1, you have... Industrial Light and Magic, which of course. basically they did. What do they do? Like Star Wars? Yeah, they do <laughs> so, all those crazy is like, effects for Star Wars. Is like the most pivotal single movie of all time, I think. But of all time, Industrial Light Magic. Keep saying yeah. all times, so we sound better. Industrial Light <laughs> Magic. They do a lot of those animation effects and special effects yeah, and stuff. So anyway. they really helped a lot. And then Disney's number two. But anyway, so Ghibli at number ten is like this is really that's really big, you know? Yeah. So, and, so uh, what Yami you're telling, what like you're telling me is Annie's like number nine, right? No, they're like I think they're like number ninety or something. They were <laughs> a little farther down the list, but a little. Farther. They're still they're newer, so yeah. not new, but they're okay. They're less like fanboying aside, that's still pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and I think Gainax is like fifteen or something like that. Yeah, Gainax but, needs to be up there. Fully. Agree yeah, it's a really cool list. We'll link in the show notes. Um, but but yeah, I uh. Yeah, there's really not much to to, to say. Um, currently, Studio Ghibli is not really doing much since Hayao Miyazaki kind of uh, announced his retirement a couple years ago. Yeah, he handed the reins over to the director of uh, 
when Marnie was there, I think. I I think. What was that guy's name? Um, his his name was uh, Hiromasa Yonibayashi. That sounds right. No, I'm reading it right now, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also... Because, yeah, When Marnie Was There is the most recent... I think that's the most recent Ghibli film. Speaking, speaking of Hayao Miyazaki, it was his birthday here pretty recently. January, January 5th. the 5th. So it yes, kind of it kind Remember, of fits remember, well. the 5th of January. Remember, remember, the 5th of January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um... But, but yeah, um, there's even a Studio Ghibli or Ghibli Museum. Okay, like that's all you need to say. Like, <laughs> like there's a museum. There's a Studio Ghibli's museum of Studio Ghibli stuff. So anyway, enough, uh, enough nut hugging. Enough Ghibli. nut hugging. Let's yeah. talk about Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some movies. Um, I will say really quick that there is a documentary on uh, Studio Ghibli. Oh yeah. Um, of Hayao Miyazaki doing his last. His last film, uh, The Wind Rises. What's the name of this one called again? Uh, I forgot. The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Yeah. That's the name. The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. I highly recommend watching the documentary. It's a great documentary that follows Hayao Miyazaki and making the last film, The Wind Rises. And uh, he, you see him doing, uh, talking to Hideki Anno, messing around with the studio cat. It's funny. Anyways. Moving on. Let's get on to the main topic, shall we? Yeah. So the movies Castle we're talking in the sky. about today, Castle in the Sky, Grave of the Fireflies, and My Neighbor Totoro. Now, before we get into Castle in the Sky, you may be saying, but but guys, what about the Castle of Cagliostro and Nazca of the Valley of the Wind? Uh, well, no, what about them, Mac? Well, damn it, they Nick. were before <laughs> Ghibli's official formation. So... They don't get counted on this list because yeah. we're doing studio. We'll do something Ghibli. extra for those two. Yeah. We'll figure it out. They, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. They're often considered Ghibli films because they're done by the same people, but they're they're technically not. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. Uh, take it away, uh, Mac. Castle in the Sky. Okay. The first of the Ghibli. The Ghibli so, movies. The first of the Ghibli movies. Castle of the Sky. Um, It came out in... Uh, 1986, specifically started airing August 2nd of 1986. Um, of course, done by Studio Giblets. Um, let's see here. I'll just go through the plot synopsis here pretty quick. I'll just kind of skim over it. So basically, the movie just takes world kind of like in, I guess it almost be like a, like a right at the beginning of like a steel age. Kind of like the oh, industrial, like industrial revolution, that yeah. kind of area. Yeah. Before and computers and smartphones. Yes. Fucking be- millennials, dude. Before it was before <laughs> oh the God. almighty Apple. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it was before the almighty Apple, and um, there's this myth going around, you know, about this city that floats in the sky and all this other jazz. The main character, Patsu, well, one of the main characters. His dad saw this floating city and has a picture of it. So he has this kind of angst about wanting to find it and all this other jazz. And just, you know, funny enough, he meets up with uh, with a girl named uh, Sheeta. And, um, you know, and just a big, uh, big action scene, like, happens. Actually, multiple action scenes happen in the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie. And it's basically Sheeta running around from people trying to kidnap her. And it's super exciting. Um, so, yeah, the 
her and uh, her and Patsu go on like adventures and you know trying to get away from these people, and all throughout the story, it uh, it kind of you kind of learn a little bit more about this floating city, which is called Laputa, and um, yeah. So I just now realized we forgot to put the little disclaimer at the beginning. I realized oh, that spoilers? like halfway oh, yeah, through just that. in case, yeah, you guys will be minorly spoiling the movies. So I, yes. I mean, you should. These films are old, okay? Like it's Studio Ghibli, but if you really care about spoilers, I would suggest just go watch the movies and come back. All right, we'll be right here <laughs> and go. <laughs> Okay, thank you. No, actually, this, we're like, going to delete the podcast before you can listen. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this, like, unchains me. This, like, there was things that I put down in notes that I wanted to say, and I'm like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> we right, forgot right, to right. mention the spoiler disclaimer. Well, well right. does not go according to the Keikaku. No, it does right. not go according to Keikaku. But, um, so Shida is from, or, like, she has, like, this bloodline to the people who once inherited Laputa and you find out you know who exactly she is as the story goes on well they're chasing her because of the amulet she has like well yeah the yeah. The, the amulet that's that like you a big see reason in, they're... like the first minute the the glowing amulet that is like super powerful that's made out if you watch the dub it's made out of uh, Ethereum. Is that that's what it's called, right? Yeah, they call Ethereum? it Ethereum yeah, in the dub. Weird. Yeah, and volosite yeah. in Japanese. This like powerful mineral that the uh, inheritance of Laputa figured out how to mine and refine and make into crystals and such. And they have like magical powers, which is right up Ghibli's alley. You know, magic and supernatural elements and all that other jazz. Unless you watch the next movie we talk about. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of, you know, touches base on really the basics of the movie. Um, oh, and there's a third faction that's, so there's, like, the pirates that are chasing her, and then eventually the army, or the military. Yeah. And then yeah. eventually she teams up with the pirates, and they go after the military, they go to the castle in the sky, thus the movie is named that. And castle they, in the uh, sky. They, they f- figure out what to do with the crystal and how, you know, how to combat what the military is trying to do. Well, that stuff, Ethereum, is what powers... Uh, it's what enables the, the castle to float. It's like a very yeah. powerful stone. has all kinds of crazy powers. Now, this is a Hayao Miyazaki one. This is written and directed by him. So Disney does have a dub for this one uh, on top of the Streamline dub. So there's two dubs. I recommend the Disney dub, but that's just me. Yeah, Disney does a good job dubbing. I think that on all their dubs, it's pretty good. They're pretty good, yeah. Um, Anna Paquin, James Vanderbeek, Mark Hamill does the bad guy. Uh, Jim Cummings, that's uh, Winnie the Pooh, by the way. And uh, Andy Dick. Oh, yeah. Andy Dick is actually in it. Andy Dick, holy shit. Andy Dick. (laughs) Yeah. That guy is uh, a little bit unhinged, but yeah, he is very funny. He's very funny from afar. Like, if you're right next to him, I'd probably, you know, try to scamper away a little bit. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just, like, watching and listening. It's funny. Right. So, uh, I think the themes of this movie, I really liked it. Uh, the, the the themes, I think, are important. Is a lot of Ghibli films have environmental consciousness themes. Like, pretty much yep. all of them. Um, but, you know, they'll throw in another thing on top of that normally. Um and I think, like, government greed is a huge part of this one. Because the pirates are, like, the good guys. At first, they're kind of chasing Sheeta because they want her crystal. 
But then when Patsu promises them treasure from Laputa, then they'll team up and it's like, I just want to save Sheeta, you know, because the army has her. But, you know, the military, you know, they got all these expensive weapons, huge airship called the Goliath, and they they already have all this military industrial power. And the secret agent guy, Colonel Muska, the CIA agent, wants to go after Laputa because Laputa is also a hugely, like, weaponized fortress uh, yeah. using the power and of I that think... crystal. So, and so actually, did, did any of you guys catch, like, the low-key OG biblical reference whenever they were talking about Laputa? Uh, yes. I probably did, but I don't remember Like, exactly. there's one scene where I, I, I don't know if they just threw it in, like, just to say, oh, yeah, this is how old it is and give reference to it. But they said that it was uh, the city that burned Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, huh. Yeah, That's because old. <laughs> oh, okay. Because when he's yeah, weaponizing yeah. it, them um, it shoots out these huge lightning, red lightning. Yeah, bolts they're like and... lasers and shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there's robots that are caretakers of the castle. And so basically, it's a giant freaking castle that shoots freaking laser beams. Yeah, it's actually the same castle from the movie Red Line that shoots and blows up the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, so basically, like Miyazaki was trying to go for a theme that. Um, technology and nature can coexist peacefully, and the military was kind of just like forcefully rip away, and you know yeah. didn't care about nature. Like you could obviously see it where like the the Mark Hamill character, the evil the the, the what's his name Colonel Muska. general guy Colonel Muska, he was he was just like slicing away at the plants. He's like, what are these plants? And he's right. like so fr- flustered from it. Right, right. And uh, it was a little heavy handed, but it, not really. Actually, it was it was just, it was funny to me. But that's basically like the main theme is that he's trying to show how like you they can intertwine and they don't have to be so like well, opposite. No, well, no, I think that's really important too because like you they reveal later like that's why that's why uh, floating the people of the floating cities and floating islands left because they wanted to be equal with the people down on Earth. They were like they were like you know it's it's we don't have to be different and we have all this crazy technology, but you know it's like let's just leave. You know, and that's you figure out why they that's why they abandoned it, because they were afraid someone was going to get power hungry and use Laputa to destroy uh, life. And that's what this Colonel Musk dude's trying to do, because he's a jerk face. You know, like I said, yeah, government greed, you know, but like so um, what were your guys? What were some of your guys like favorite scenes from the movie? I think uh, my favorite scenes were were always the ones where you saw Dola and her gang kind of interacting with each other interacting with patsu and shida i thought those were, were oh super- yeah where the where she's cooking and then like all of the men fall in love with her yeah they're like oh do you <laughs> need funny. any help yeah and or, uh, no yeah the first two guys were kind of they're trying to be all secretive about it and then this third guy comes in he's like i love you right <laughs> yeah and then dola's like spoilers to- yeah dola's like get to work jesus christ you know but like um i really like I, I don't know if I have really a favorite scene as so much as a favorite thing about it is my favorite thing about it is the character interaction because like these the Dola gang Patsu and Sheeta that you know they all just like wanted to help each other and they all had different reasons but they all wanted to make sure everyone was okay you know what I mean and like at the end when Sheeta's okay and Dola hugs her and she's like hugging her so tight she's like oh my god you're okay 
I'm glad you're okay and all this stuff. And it's, I don't know, I just really liked that chemistry, even though it seemed a little quick. But, I don't know, that was just, I don't yeah. know. I'm a sucker for things like that. And I like how they, they kind of pointed out that Sheeta and Dola were different. Like, the old the old uh, engineer of the ship was like, oh, she reminds me of a younger version of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, like the the showing how Sheeta's growing a little bit and, you know being useful and and smart yeah dude like one of my favorite scenes in this movie which will come to no surprise uh to some people is that scene where uh Sheeta and Ponzu Sauce are up there in the uh little kite thing and they're having that discussion and uh everybody's listening into it and just watching Dola's reactions to what yeah. both of the, them were saying I was like, oh, oh yeah. that's pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah. But just some of the conversations they were having up there, I thought, were, were really fitting. Yeah. I think uh, before we move on, I just really quickly want to say I love the world that was built for Castle in the Oh, Sky. yeah. Especially Dude, like, the for train the, track for town. how old yeah. this was, the artwork and the details, the everything stood town, up yeah, the yeah, test of time. They build train tracks. Yeah, they had these cool. I mean, they probably do, but these cool airship designs. Like it really reminded me of like Final Fantasy Four. Like they have all these airships and kind of. Yeah, it's like steampunk without the punk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> as we said in our last just steam, which we had to scrap, but just steam. <laughs> yeah, but just steam. Pass on the punk. Pass but, uh, on the punk. But yeah, no, I really loved the design of everything, and um, even just uh, like down to like the little gun that Dola had, the little grenade gun. I thought oh, those yeah, were super yeah, yeah. cool. I like how everything freaking, was like. It really... was a freaking noob tube, is what it was. The noob tube. The noob tube. It's a freaking noob tube. Hey, you gotta Just blow a motherfucker boom. up. You gotta blow a motherfucker up sometime. <laughs> you gotta yeah. blow a bitch up. Put put a little respect on it, Max. Put a little she literally, on she it, literally pulls this freaking like hand cannon out of her pants. Like legit. That's why her, her pants, pants are like. so useful, dude. It's That's why those pants. big pants are useful. You gotta carry loot. You gotta carry fat loots and weapons. The fat loot. She probably got a knife under there too. She's gonna stab a motherfucker. She probably got like fifty knives. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what though. Um, we're gonna give our our ratings at the very end for all three. But I really did like yeah. this one. I I did enjoy it. Uh, a lot. Spoiler: I liked all of them. <laughs> Spoiler: It was great. <laughs> wow, Ghibli movies are good. Spoiler: I News also liked all of them. <laughs> but uh, shall we move on to the next one or or what? We shall. We shall. Okay. And you shall be the guy who heralds in the... Just fucking start going, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> just fucking go. Uh, so they decided to give me the really depressing one. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, it's pretty fitting, so... Uh, Hotsuru no Haka, or uh, Grave of the Fireflies, is came out in 1988. Uh, it is based on the 1967 semi-autobiographical story... Uh, short story, uh, Grave of the Fireflies by Akiyuki Nosaka. Um, this one was directed and screenwritten by Isao Takahata, who he does a lot of producing um, for Studio Ghibli, and he's he directs a lot of them too, uh, but uh, not as much as Hayao Miyazaki does. But anyway, uh, person who did the music for this one is Michio Mamiya. Uh, music is really great. Oh, by the way, the music was really great in Castle in the Sky too. It was amazing. Anyway, sorry. Back to oh yeah, we really should have mentioned. Yeah, that. sorry. The music in Grave of the Fireflies was just wonderful. The anyway. music is good in all of these. <laughs> I just really like Castle in the Sky. Just assume it's really fucking good. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's hard to talk about music. Like that's, 
unless you're a musician, like like a really prolific one is hard. Like even even my boy Digibro had trouble talking about music until like recently. Digibro and he's sucks. like good at talking. But, he's got pretty you know. okay taste in music though, I will say that. Anyway, he's a good talker. Grave of the Fireflies uh is a is a war drama. Um and it takes place during the final months of the Second World War and uh takes place in Kobe, Japan. And the film opens this I guess it's not really a spoiler because they show the ending right at the beginning, but you know, um it shows right at the beginning, uh September nineteen forty five at Sunomiya Station, uh, a boy, Seita, is shown dying of starvation and his spirit gets removed from his body or he walks out of it and he starts narrating the story and so he goes back to March of nineteen forty five, so the previous spring, and uh, you just see a bunch of uh, B-29 Super Fortress bombers flying overhead, and uh, they drop a ton of incendiary bombs. Um, they, Their mother, who was already like in a hospital suffering from a heart condition, they got all the patients from that hospital into a bomb shelter. And then right when they did that, more bombs dropped, and she ends up dying. Um, so... Setsuko and, and Seita, Setsuko's a little girl, and Seita, her older brother, try and survive. And uh, they end up staying at his aunt's for a while, and uh, he finds some supplies that he'd buried somewhere and brings those back to his aunt. He keeps this Sakuma fruit drops tin uh, from those supplies. The aunt kicks him out because she feels that they're not contributing and they're just at this point now they're just on even the though she takes their shit right yeah she took all their shit and then yeah it's fucking bullshit but anyway well the, they they did like or she did lodge them and feed them that's true I mean it's really hard she you just watch didn't it. treat them as as nicely as she could have but these but mofos like, just lost their mom she was, right yeah I mean she was kind of being a bee but still like it's a war and like the kids weren't like they weren't helping her enough so. But look, they're kids, so it's, it's yeah, kind of right. like anyway, it's kind of like a lose lose situation, right. really. But anything, you know. anyway, without saying too much more, um, they're basically at the street at this point. Um, they're getting sick, they're getting hungry. Um, there's a point where they're in an abandoned bomb shelter, and to light it up, they capture a bunch of fireflies and release the fireflies. Thus, the name of the movie. And then the next day, they all die, and that's when things just start going way downhill. Um, and they they put make when, a little grave. Just remember, fireflies. when you see the name of the movie in this one, you know shit's just gonna get a lot worse. So anyway, without <laughs> saying too much more, uh, Setsuko dies of malnutrition. Without he, saying too much more, <laughs> without spoiling spoiler. Say, well, you know, Seda then cremates her and puts her in the fruit tin, and uh, he overhears that Japan has surrendered unconditionally to the Allied powers. Um, he learns that their father is probably dead because he was working for the Imperial Japanese Navy. Um, Serving. He was commander of the Japanese cruiser Maya. Yep. He tried to keep going. Obviously, he also died of malnutrition. Um, but it, it is also to say that maybe there's a theme there that he died of a broken heart because he had just lost everyone. You know, he his mom died in the beginning. He Setsuko died in his yeah, arms. Yeah, actually... It, the movie, so the movie's based on a true story, and the the character um, who plays, oh, uh, the, the the boy character actually lived in real life, and it's basically like his death kind of represents is kind of like a metaphor, 
okay for the real person that's what that's what really happened um it's kind of showing like how war changes who we are temporarily and like his death is like symbolizing like his he's not the same after that like the real person who would be in the movie you know yeah so that's that's basically it there's a lot of crazy things that happen in between of what i said in the beginning at the end there but um it's a and it's definitely an anti-war film it's very sad uh it's one of those movies i think See, like, that's, that's a little contentious though some people would would argue that i'm i'm reading some things that say that it's not it's not explicitly anti-war no 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 definitely not it's definitely because like there's no battles that take place there's no like soldiers that you see fighting and stuff I mean, it, it is anti-war in a sense. Like, I agree that, like, war is bad, but, like, you know. Then, also, there's not that many pro-war films <laughs> that aren't, like, straight propaganda, like, little tiny snippets, but. Well, it's one Sorry, of those things. Ahead. Well, no, it's one of those things. No, and I agree with you. I'm just saying it's one of those things, like, this is one story of one person or two people uh, in in a sea of millions of other stories. You know, like. There were 65 yeah. million Jews that were killed at the Holocaust, and Anne Frank was one story. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was one yeah, of those it's things. It's almost similar to Anne Frank a little bit because, like, the character In a way, yeah. dies at the end. And, like, um, actually, <laughs> Anne Frank died literally, but <laughs> spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing about that. Um, I'm thinking of the Family Guy scene where they're eating potato chips in the attic. Right, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, but no, nothing no. about war. But uh, but no, I no, I agree with you. I agree. It's with more you. of like a survival story, kind of like Anne Frank, where they're they're trying to survive. This is this and is the kind like of story, and how other people around them change. This is the kind of story that you watch, and literally, it just gets worse and worse as you watch it. Yeah. And by the end of it, your jaw is open. You may or may not be bawling your eyes out. I bawled. And. You just think to yourself, wow, I am, like, drained. Like, this movie will literally drain the life out of you. Yeah, I, it's the opposite of a healing anime. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite of the, the next movie. The exact opposite of the one we're talking about later. This is one of those films you watch one time, and you're probably never going to watch it again. Like, yeah, you're good after that. You're just like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> right, unless you have to show it to somebody else. And so you're, you're mentioning it's like kind of like Schindler's Schindler, Schindler, Schindler's List. Yeah. I can't say it. I cannot watch. I watched that one time and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. This um, this is definitely going on the things that I will not rewatch. <laughs> although. Yeah. Never mind. I don't want to go on a tangent. But I was going to say, although technolized, you can rewatch that first episode multiple times because that's a really interesting episode, but not Damn. really part of the discussion. Fuck me up, so, fam. Yeah. Fuck me up, fam. Fuck me up, fam. Technolized. Fuck me up. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great film. Uh, I, I do really like uh, the, the design of it. You know, they took a lot of pictures. They did a lot of research for it. Um, you know, it, it actually kind of goes by kind of quick. It's only about an hour, 20 minutes or hour and a half, I think. But it's yeah. a really quick hour and a half. Um, yeah, Castle in the Sky is the longest one of the three that we're talking about. Yeah, just wait till we talk about Pompoko. That movie's like two and a half hours. Anyway. Oh, God. But yeah, I love Pompoko. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, I did really like it. Um, but there's there was a point where it was, it was almost too much. It was like it was too depressing. And I was just like, yeah, I understand the realness of it. I get that. I but... mean, if you think if you think ReZero is suffering, 
Try watching Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> let me just let me just tell you that. Yeah, nah, I I think it's a great movie. Um, there is a there is uh, uh just one dub of it. Um, and it's pretty the good. Dub's good. The yeah, dub's, the dub's pretty good. good. The only thing I would say is, like, based on the setting specifically, oh, like two, it does take dubs. place in Japan, and it's about Japanese people specifically with this conflict. Like, I think it makes more sense to watch it subbed. Um, just I for agree. this specific Ghibli movie, because the other ones you can kind of like, you don't necessarily have to watch them subbed, I even agree. though they take place in Japan. This one's like specifically like that time period and all that. I feel like that just makes more sense to watch subbed. My, I would agree with that assessment. I agree. Yeah. I would agree. Um, the dub's good though, so just the <laughs> dub. To, the dub it. I'm referring to is the Sky Pilot Entertainment one in 1998. There is a 2012 dub. Um, but whatever one I watched was good. I don't remember which one it was, but at least one of them is good. So yeah, I, I at least watched one this. of them is good. So you've got a 50, 50 shot. <laughs> yeah. You got a 50, 50 chance. Well, technically a 66, 33 chance. Cause the sub is good too. So right. let's do math <laughs> on the podcast guys. <laughs> but math, anyway. How do math, but, but stoner that leaves you with 99%. But anyway, like I said, we'll, so we'll actually give our... it would be 66.6666 repeating in 33. Repeating of course. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right, right, yeah. I failed math. I don't <laughs> care. I failed geometry. All right. Anyways, I don't know much about physical science. Here's the thing. What uh, about the physics of the booty? The physics of the booty is for real. Let's just move on. All right. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, I, I do, I do really like Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, I'll give, we'll give ratings at the end. Obviously, I already said that. So let's just, uh, yeah, let's go on to the next one. So this is perfect because after you watch Grave of the Fireflies. Nick. Oh, thank you for the segue, Sam. Uh, you get to watch the movie called. Hold on, let me find the title. I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that let me check my notes really quick. So oh, God. Bad. <laughs> Shuffle some papers. So, this movie is so called bad. My Neighbor Totoro. And it takes. It was released in the same year, 1988. And actually, a funny funny thing about Totoro and Firefly, Grave of the Fireflies, is that. Um, not Firefly. Jeez, that's completely different. Um. So Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies were both Ghibli, and apparently a lot of the animators were, you know, they were working on both at the same time. So like sometimes they wouldn't even know like which frame went to which film. They're just like drawing stuff. Oh man, <laughs> I was yeah. watching. Uh, I got dude. That from they had the... to, they had to do Totoro alongside Grave of the Fireflies because it probably <laughs> depressed the fuck out. Yeah, to, <laughs> to borrow a line from the Bob Samurai and Black Critic Eye video, he's like. <laughs> He's like, here, draw a cute, fluffy animal. Now draw a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Black Critic Guy. We'll link in the show notes. But um, I just thought that was a really good line. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, like, uh, yeah, My Neighbor Totoro is, it's a, it's it's definitely much more family-friendly than Grave of the Fireflies. It's about uh, two children. There's uh, there's two girls. They're named, uh, shit, let me, I always forget their names. It's May and Satsuki. There we go. And, uh. Satsuki's the older one. She takes care of May, and their father's with them as well. Their mother is sick in the hospital, and they're moving out to the countryside. They're setting up their house. To be closer to the hospital. Yeah, to be closer to the mom. And they're and you know, they're just living their life. That's basically the movie, is like the kids are living their life, they're exploring, and Satsuki goes to school, and then May is um she's exploring one day and, and she finds these fluffy animals and she's curious, like that. You know, earlier on, they were exploring the house and they found acorns and stuff. The animals are dropping acorns and she's like following them. 
and they run into these this thicket and she follows them in there it's like this huge forest area and she encounters a giant fluffy animal and it's called a totoro she learns by screaming at it <laughs> and it yells it kind of like screams at her. it roars at her and she's like oh totoro <laughs> yeah like yawns at her like but he yawns really loud because he's a cat bus yeah and it's like a he's really a famous money it's thing. like a really iconic image when she's like laying on the totoro's belly you've probably seen it I mean, oh even God. if you don't know anime you've probably seen that i image. love that scene so much oh my and God. there's another iconic image later on um <clears throat> where they're at the bus stop with the Totoro and, like, the umbrella and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, she meets the Totoro, and she tells Sasuke and her dad about it, and then they're like, oh, it's the spirit of the forest. So then, like, you know, that, I mean, the Totoro doesn't even show up till 30 minutes into the movie. And, I mean, at that point, it's just, like, the kids playing and learning, and it's just, it's, like, you know, it's just, a like, a fluffy, light movie. Feel good. That is what it yeah. is. It is a feel Iyashike. good. It is, it is Iyashike. And I, I think, I don't know if it's the first one, but... It's one of the first Yashikes because it even it took them years just to get it made because people couldn't wrap their heads around the idea of a movie without like a real villain or a plot like a, you know a strong one. So <clears throat> Totoro is just kind of it's just kind of like wavy and whimsical. That's the whole thing. And you know at a certain point they they visit their mom and then they talk to her and they you know they're they're going on and on and then at some point their mom gets like a little more sick and the, the kids get worried and may gets lost and they have to find may and that's like the climax of the movie pretty much is they find her and then they reunite and everything and their mom's gonna be okay that's the movie because <laughs> yeah. because best not much best plot. character cat bus best yeah character the cat, cat bus, bus saves them uh <laughs> it's, a, it's a cat that's a bus it's just being a bus and <laughs> you actually first you first meet the cat bus when they're when they're waiting for their dad at the bus stop in the rain and it's taken forever. And you know, the Totoro is like shielding them with the, or no, she gives the umbrella to the Totoro and then he, he does <laughs> he some cute fun stuff with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scene and was so perfect. Oh my God. He, he gets off on the cat bus and he just like whisked away. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really cool. So like Totoro is actually the mascot of studio Ghibli. Yeah. Totoro, yep. it's like a big fluffy animal, kind of like a bunny or um, with like these little. It's like gray and it and it and the belly's like white and it's got these like little chevrons, gray. Yeah, chevrons it's like an owl it. and a bunny and a cat all mixed together, sort of. I should say I think, too that this yeah. is also a Hayao Miyazaki one, so this is directed and screenwritten by him, and the music is yeah. Done this by is a Miyazaki. Film so by. so be, because it's a Miyazaki one, it, it has a Disney dub. Which is pretty good. I like the Disney dub. A yeah, lot. I really like the dub. I've actually never watched it sub. I'm sure the sub is good as well. But, but the music was also done by Joe Hisaishi, who did Castle in the Sky. So the soundtrack in Totoro is really good. Oh yeah, and, let and me let me Matt tell you attest. about the soundtrack in Totoro. Yeah. If you were like me and you saw Clannad before you saw my neighbor Totoro, you may have to choke back tears because, <laughs> funny enough. The soundtracks between the two shows are really, really similar, and you're seeing cute, Clannad, you're dude. seeing cute, <laughs> fluffy stuff, but yet you're hearing this music that you equate to a sad show in which you literally ball your eyeballs out three times in the second season, and it's just this really strange feeling. That I didn't know how to process it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really, it's like a halcyon, nostalgic like warm feeling yet it's almost like a little bit bittersweet like that's what the music kind of evokes into me does it sound like i wrote that in notes because i did not i made that shit up 
I mean, it should have. <laughs> Every time I say the word Halcyon, I and think of... And we found the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I made that shit up. <laughs> Every time I, I say the word Halcyon, though, I think of the monarch from uh, Venture Bros, and he's like, oh, those were the Halcyon days. And he's like catching, but <laughs> eating butterflies and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's what reminds me of Totoro. But uh yeah, the like Totoro is really just like a whimsical movie and so, it's so it's really nice. What was your favorite scene, Nick? Oh man, I don't know. I, probably cuz I already said mine. Mine is oh, when they're God. waiting on their dad and, <laughs> and Totoro you know, has the umbrella. That's so I perfect. Like, I like the whole movie. Yeah, the bus scene is is really famous and classic. I like that one a lot. I almost kind of like the scene in the beginning where May, you see the difference between Satsuki and May and like how they move as characters. Like, cause May's copying her older sister, just like in real, like a kid would do in real life. And you know, she's repeating what she's saying and she's like opening and slamming doors, but they're doing it differently. And you see like their personalities right away. And it's just like, it's really um, realistic and, and like heartwarming. So and then, there, and then there's, like, the scene where she's, like, sitting on the cat bus and the music's playing, and I'm just, like, tearing up. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Where they're trying to save May, you know? And, yeah, that was, uh, um, those are probably my favorite ones. My favorite scene, I will say, hands down, is when May first goes into the forest, and she sits on top of the Totoro, and he's sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And I swear that Snorlax is probably the Pokemon Snorlax is based off of Totoro. Like, I'm so sure that's what it is, but he's, Dude, he's sleeping. We're just going to say it. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. He's sleeping. <laughs> on his, he's sleeping on his here, back. Folks. He's sleeping on his back and May is just on their plane with his nose, touching him and bothering him. And he's yawning and sneezing. And he sneezes so loud because he's a big furry bunny big, thing. He's a big fluffy Totoro face and he sneezes and it blows her off and she crawls back on top of him to play with his face some more and she falls asleep on him and I swear to Satan it is the fucking cutest thing oh my god Satan swear to (laughs) Satan oh my god hey Satan's legit anyway it's shout out to Silicon Valley it's great it's great Um, I love it it's my favorite scene I just think it's crazy how like recognizable Totoro is the character. Oh yeah. It's like you think of like a famous mascot, you think of like Mickey Mouse, Totoro. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's just like bam, right in your right in your memory it's bank. Just like well, pow, he's right in a it's, it's it's really iconic. It's it's like Sonic for Sega, Mario for Nintendo, okay? Oh yeah, Mario. You know when you see the golden arches, you know it's McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? They had they had Totoro in South Park. They, had, they went to Imagination Land. They had Totoro in South Park. There was a huge in Toy Story. In Toy Story 3, there was a Yeah, it's everywhere. There was a huge Totoro reference in Bob's Burgers, except he was a big turkey um on the Thanksgiving episode. Uh it was it was great. It's it's Totoro is so iconic. He's had such an impact on pop culture, and uh, even though the film doesn't have like a straight up plot to it, like Nick said, it's kind of like a big slice of life movie, you know, because you're just following the life of of these two girls and their father. Yeah, there's some there's actually some deeper themes too, but you can I mean even at a surface value, it's you can appreciate it a lot. I think one of the great themes about it, and this is just my personal thing, and I'm sure that other people have said this too, is is I think um, Miyazaki-san wanted to just like 
really capture the imagination of of children and and show it to you through through their eyes or right? cuz like and if you watch the kingdom of dreams and madness he talks about how children are like the future because they see everything so differently than adults do or older people do and that their imagination is literally the future it's like going to it's going to change things in the future it's going to help with things you know it's going to help drive the human race forward you know and i think that's really important and i it's it's really cool to see how satsuki and may you know they look at totoro for help you know what i'm saying like when that whole thing happens where may gets lost and she finds totoro and totoro's like got you fam no problem because like you can see me and i can see you and i got you because you're legit as fuck you're a little you're just a little kid and i got you like i don't know totoro's legit He's a really cool guy. He's a there's great a, neighbor to have, okay? Let's just say that. There's there's a really uh I found a really cool uh, analysis of <clears throat> excuse me, analysis of Totoro that we can post in the show notes. Uh, I think it's by this is actually this is like 10-year-old analysis, but it's from someone named Reiko Okahara. So we'll we'll post it in the show notes. They, she basically says that um Totoro is kind of it's not just about nostalgia, it's about how like how it was in the old days and how like, you know, when, when May gets lost, the whole village gathers and they try to find her. And then like in present day, a lot of Japanese don't even know their neighbors. And that applies outside of Japan too. And it's kind of showing like how, you know, like people were all close knit back way back when. And it's, it's like, uh, you know, the difference between then and now. So it's like, um, it's just really, I guess my interpretation is showing it's showing how like togetherness is beneficial and being, you know, out playing outside and, and being with nature and, and, you know, understanding that nature is important. It's not, it's not really about nature, but like family and nature and, and being a human, like all that stuff is important. And that's like the basic <laughs> thing that I got out of it. She goes way into detail on it. So we can post it on the show notes. So, um, Let's start with Totoro and just work our way back. What did we score these? Oh, so I made a spreadsheet, and I actually edited. I I changed Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, it was anyway. I'll get into it. So my spreadsheet, I had um, Castle in the Sky. And keep in mind, my scores don't follow like Mal's average score, which no, is like no. seven. No, start on my neighbor Totoro and work your way back. Oh shit. Okay. Well, disclaimer. Mal's average score is right around a 7. My average score is right around like a 5.6. So keep that in mind. My neighbor Totoro, I gave it a 7.9, which is really high on my ratings. I've only given like maybe 10% of the shows an 8 or higher. And um, maybe 20%. Anyway, and after my neighbor Totoro, are we just going to go one by one? Or should we, how do you want to do Everybody answers it. And then we move on to the next. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. So I give I give Totoro seven point nine out of ten. Honestly, I think you could give all of these a ten <laughs> if you really wanted. Like, these are all really good movies. It's just my rating system is a little wonky, and it's not even Galleon, so it's not a ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. Chom, uh, for my neighbor Totoro, I gave it a ten because I just I can't give it any less. There's literally nothing I don't like about it. Yeah, I just I just 
can't. I really well, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, right. I just can't. Like, I, sh- I feel bad. I probably should give it a ten. But I like. I whatever. could. I could find nitpicky things about it. I guess, but that's honestly just dumb. When you watch the movie, you're just like, whatever. It's great. Like, if you don't like it, you're probably a lonely bastard who's never gotten laid. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. So, in other words, you're Nick. You're a screw. Ah! <laughs> I've gotten laid. What are you talking about? The oh sex tape's God. online. <laughs> <laughs> and it's five hours long, I swear. God. And on that blatant right. lie, I gave uh, My Never Totoro a resounding 10 out of 10, just like Som did, because this, as Som said, there is nothing not to like about this movie. It is literally just pure bliss on the screen. You soak it up, and you enjoy it, and damn it, it destroy it it just absolutely just destroys everything that it does. It, like it hits it out of the park. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I actually teared up more at my neighbor Totoro than I did at Grave of the Fireflies. Dude, which the nostalgia is feels kinda remarkable. Yeah. The nostalgia <laughs> feels. I'm a I'm an Ayashike uh what's the word for it? Fiend. I don't know. Someone who likes them a lot. And now and now we go from feeling happy to feeling depressed. <laughs> feeling empty. <laughs> okay, Nick, what did you give Grave of the Fireflies? Uh, so originally I had it at like a 7.2, and then I realized, like, I just thought back on it and, like, how well it was directed and scored and and the themes of it and stuff. And, you know, I'm just going to give it the same score as Totoro. I'll give them both an 8. Um, it's really good. It's just not easy to watch. It's not as enjoyable as Totoro or Castle in the Sky or most things that you're going to watch. Like, you know, Konosuba is more enjoyable than Grave of the Fireflies. But Grave of the Fireflies is is basically a masterpiece. It's like, it's really good. Psalm? Uh Grave of the Fireflies, I gave an... I think I gave it an 8. Because it's just like... It's hard to give it a 10. Because like, it's you, there's like no rewatch value. Yeah. You don't want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a. Even just like rewatch value aside, I just feel like it's, it's almost like it, it's interesting. It's a very good film, and it's it's cool to watch, um, especially like to know the story and stuff. But it's almost like too real for me. Like it just is so sad. Like it was just, even though I know you know Nick said earlier like that the, in real life the dude lived or whatever, but it's just the way it, the execution is 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 too perfect that it's too real for me. And I just is like... Yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't say there's no rewatch value because if you're trying to figure out like how they directed it and how well it was made, then yeah. Oh, sure, sure, for, sure. As far as entertainment value, like you're not going to be more entertained the next time you watch it. Yeah, nah, I'm good. That's what I meant. Yeah, so, nah, I'm good. Grave of the Fireflies. Um, I, I'm actually the outlier on this one. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. And... I don't really factor in rewatch value whenever I score something. Um, I factor in how much I enjoyed it and just, you know, how well I thought everything was executed. Um, This one, it makes me not want to rewatch it, but it makes me not want to rewatch it for all of the right reasons, if that makes any sense. The movie movie just sews everything so well that... Once is enough, and yeah. anything that can affect you like that, I think, 
definitely deserves, you know, at least a 9 out of 10, and that's what I'm going for because it was just, it was heart-wrenching and heartbreaking, and I, I never want to watch it again, but I'll be damned if I don't give it a 9 out of 10. And on to uh, the, the movie we talked about first, which will be the movie we talk about last. Castle in the Sky. Take it away, Nick. So I gave this one a, on my spreadsheet, a 6.8. But I gave it a 7. It's, you could, I could see people rating it a 10. It's a really fun movie. It's a very fun like adventure action movie. So <clears throat> the reason I only gave it a 7 and not an 8 compared to the other two is that its themes weren't as powerful. It was more kind of uh, linear and traditional. And I guess the characters in Castle... I don't know. The characters are really good in Castle of the Sky, too. Really, my favorite ones were the pirates. Like, But then the main characters were a little bit less notable than the ones in like Totoro and Firefly. And the yeah, other stuff. I, I can see where you're coming from there. Like Sheeta, Sheeta is a good character, but she's not a great character. Does that make sense? She's like not a 10 out of 10. She's like just, she's good. Like you like her, but there's not a lot you can go with there. She's just like a capable protagonist. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it, animation wise and action, like the, the, the choreography and stuff is 10. Like it's great when they're on the train tracks and you know, on that chase scene and the, all the debris is flying everywhere and particles are going nuts and it's, it's like smooth animation too. It's like fantastic and it's fun. So like this is a really fun movie, much more fun. And I would, I would rather watch this 10 times before watching Grave of the Fireflies one I would more time. Ra- <laughs> I would rather watch this a hundred times. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, if you're like, I'd rather watch this 10 times in a row than have to watch Grave of the Fireflies again. <laughs> but, uh, Maybe that's an exaggeration, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I gave it a seven. I like it. I uh, Castle in the Sky. I give it an eight. Um, I just think it's you know what if you're if you're one of those people who hasn't seen like all the Ghibli films and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all these. It's like a great first. If you're going in release order, it's a great introduction to them. It really is. And it's. It's fun. It's kind of targeted towards everyone. So, like, I don't think... I think anyone could watch this and just enjoy it. The animation... Yeah, that's a good point. The animation, like like Nick said, like, the choreography, like, done is so great. It's animated so well. And um, I think it doesn't overwhelm you with this, with the story at all. Um, I think it's a really, really fun film. So, I just gave it an 8 out of 10. Um... Probably, I could see why people would give it a 10 out of 10. The only reason I didn't is probably because, or even a 9, was probably because, um, Nick said this before, but, like, I guess, like, the, and I, I had time to think about it, the villain could have been a little more rounded, I suppose, and, 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 uh, the relationship, I would have really liked to see them build Sheeta a bit better. Yeah, yeah, I think she was almost too perfect, She's okay, in in the movie The Force Awakens. She reminds me of um of Rey from that. Oh sure, sure, sure. Right? Yeah. yeah she's like bit. she's just like too perfect. Well, I think <laughs> it's I, just really a complaint. It's I, just like right. You know, I think in The Force Awakens they were trying to wait to reveal more about her though till the eighth film or whatever the fuck. But I that's what I gave it eight out of ten. Oh wait, I wait wait. Also the music, the music in Castle in the Sky out of these three, is my favorite. 
Like, oh yeah, I liked it a lot. As we um, as we go down the line and watch more, I'll probably that might change. But right now, that's like my favorite soundtrack. I might be with you. I I'm just gonna say Totoro for now. I'm not sure. I'd have to listen to him again. Sure, sure, sure. It's close though. So, uh, Mac. Uh, Castle in the Sky. Um, I think I'm going to settle on seven out of ten on this one. Um, I agree w- a lot. Um, with what both of you guys said as far as, you know, the characters go and, you know, about the villains and uh, animation and everything. I pretty much agree with um, all of it. Um, I feel that um, the animation was absolutely gorgeous. The the world building, the actual, um, the backgrounds to it all were just stellar and beautiful. The characters filled their parts, but, you know, Nick was right when he said, and they... They were a little, uh, they could have possibly been a little better. I don't know how they could have been better. But at the same time, you know, it felt just, just a tad lacking as far as uh, the yeah, main characters go. But I think they were just a little, sorry to interrupt. I think they were just a little bit less human than the other two films. Yeah. They yeah, were more I, I like can, exaggerated and, and fun. Like, don't get me wrong. They were really fun. They were just a little bit less realistic. Yeah. But, uh. With with the pacing of the show and everything, the pacing is like go 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 go, which I don't have a problem with. It's 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 an it's an adventure movie, and it fills that it fills that note well. Um, yeah, I mean, seven out of ten for me, but that's a very very strong seven out of ten. Yeah, I would I would recommend Castle in the Sky to like every single person. Like out of these three. If I'm blindly recommending a movie, I'd just be like Castle in the Sky. Just watch that. Like, <laughs> right? I'd probably it's, go it's with so my easy, neighbor like, Totoro before uh, before yeah, Castle in that's the fair. Sky. But like everybody is gonna like Castle in the Sky. Like, yeah, because you're not gonna just, find someone who doesn't like it. Fun, like adventure story. It's just fun. Right. This actually might be like one of my. Sorry to interrupt, Simon. Oh no, this okay. might be like one of the first anime movies I'd recommend to just anybody like not even Ghibli just any kind of anime movie I'd be like Castle in the Sky it's so easy to watch it's it doesn't overwhelm you it's really great it's really great it's a really great intro to the the Ghibli films too so I feel kind of bad giving it a seven but like I'll put a little asterisk on there seven put a little respect on it recommend yeah yeah it's 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 a strong seven it's a very strong seven so on 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 that note um I, I think that was a pretty good start uh, if you want to watch, the next three we're doing is Kiki's Delivery Service, Only Yesterday, and Porco Rosso. Uh, Only Yesterday just got a dub. It just got one. Uh, Sounds like oh, I'll shit, be nice watching timing. the dub. Yeah. So I mean, it it was it was it came out in 1991. Um, I actually watched. I hope Monica Real is in it. <laughs> I actually. <laughs> He's like, hello everyone. <laughs> I actually watched Only Yesterday when I was. I think I was 11 or 12 years old when I watched it because AMC was doing a special on Hayao Miyazaki films and they showed everything from Castle in the Sky up to uh, Princess Mononoke, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, those are the next three we're doing. So if you want to watch along, I'll I'll tell you it now. So when you're listening to this one, you can watch them. And then when we come up with the next one, you already know what to do, fam. You already know what to do. And oh, there's only a few characters in that movie. On that bombshell, we ran a little bit over. On that bombshell, um, I've been... If anything, we ran under back. talking about Ghibli, man. Well, That's yeah. True. I mean, well, time constraints, time constraints. Um, 
Yeah, now that he completely fucked my outro, uh, I'm <laughs> oh, Mac. Frick. I'm Mac. Just cut he's my part song, out. He's Nick. We're the fucking Anime Summit podcast. Whatever. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. What a great ending. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. I mean, you know, I had to put forth effort. I had to put forth just a deep It's like the whole episode was pretty high effort, pretty high effort. Then we're like, nah, we're done. Wait, like and subscribe on YouTube. Wait. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. It's at Blind Freeman. Glasses push. Can you send me high quality Steam cards? Send me emojis and memes, please. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs>